And welcome to another episode of the Sotoyo Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I am your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming back one more time, and let's, of course, jump right in to the download. Now, this week is a game that really surprised me, not in a bad way. It just surprised me in that when I saw the trailers, I never expected it to make the twists and turns that it did when I started playing it. And this game is the Artful Escape, developed by Beethoven and Dinosaur and published by Annapura Interactive. Now, this game actually features an all-star cast, and I'll get to them in a minute. But it is such a wonderful game to play that is so music-based. So you are playing as this young man who is a nephew of a world-famous folk musician who's passed away. And you live in a small town that your uncle put on the map. So you are living in the shadow of your uncle and his greatness as you try to find your own musical path but everyone wants you to be a carbon copy of your uncle. So as this big festival is happening and you're about to play your very first show, mind you, the festival is all about your uncle and his music and this album he released that changed the world of folk music. You have a very otherworldly experience which ends up whisking you across the galaxy and it is that twist is one I never saw coming and it's one that is is great the game is great the art style is great the music's amazing the voice acting as I said is top notch by A-list actors and there are too many to count but two I want to point out are Mark Strong who's been in a plethora of movies including the Kingsman movies as well as Apollo Creed himself Carl Weathers and it's interesting because the character he plays the voice is very much like Carl Weathers doing a Bootsy Collins impression and if you're too young to know who Bootsy Collins is look it up you will thank me later so the game itself is really fun to play and more importantly it's fun to watch as well so if you're playing and others are around you they will enjoy watching because it's colorful it has a really great story a really 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 great dialogue and really great music uh, to go along with it and I'm not a big fan of rhythm games of any sort but I like the balance of the rhythm portions of this game they're very easy and they're very very much a part of the gameplay instead of you have to do this to succeed in order to move the story along sort of sort of thing so i really love that aspect of the game and while this game originally debuted on the xbox way back in october it is now available for all, all consoles so basically if you have a playstation 4 or 5 or nintendo switch it is now available for you to play in. The price is just a very low $19.99. And it is more than worth it. I believe the game clocks in about 4 to 5 hours. So that's more than a reasonable price for a game of that nature. It's also in Game Pass if you have a subscription. And if you want to buy it outright with your Game Pass subscription. Then you do get a discount. I believe it's $14.99 uh, with that. Whether you purchase it or play it on Game Pass. Pass, game pass not game cast you will definitely get a very 
enjoyable gaming experience and if you don't want to play or don't get a chance to play it definitely watch someone stream the game it is just a fun to watch as it is a play so that is my download the artful escape next up is the podcast spotlight and this week i want to actually spotlight a podcast that is done by a gentleman who i've known whom i've known for about 20 20 years now and that is the Dislabeled Guy podcast. Now, in this podcast, it features discussions on different topics from the point of view of a disabled black Republican who has experienced life in the fullest and met many or met with many amazing uh, people. Now, the Dislabeled Guy, like I said, is someone who I've known for about 20 years. He is someone who is confined uh, to a wheelchair and has been confined to a wheelchair since he was the age of five or six. Uh, so, and it's interesting because in our conversations and even some of the points that he makes online, I never really saw him as being unable to do things. I mean, just from my concepts of knowing him and going, I met him in college, so. You know, he was pretty self-sufficient and resilient um, even then. And one of the things I love about his podcast is that he makes a point to have different people on the podcast, whether they do have challenges that they've had to um, overcome or find ways to live with injuries that have happened, maybe in adulthood or whatnot. And just people who are in there doing things for the community. Uh, don't let that Republican tag fool you. You may have a couple of conversations with skew more conservative side of things, which, hey, when it comes down to it, some things are pretty much black and white regardless of what side you're leaning to. I always find the conversations very interesting and very robust. And also, if you're living inside of a bubble where you only listen to those who have the same point of view as you, then you are missing out because... One of the things that are that's so beautiful about talking to people is when you get to learn about people and their experiences in their lives and you learn about how they grew up and what impact and influence them to become the man or woman that they are today. And each of our lives are drastically different. So being able to learn from others is one of the best things and biggest things we can do to improve ourselves for ourselves but also for the people around us and our world around us so that's why i really love listening to people's stories to find out who they are where they came from and why they are where they are today and this labels guys podcast is a perfect platform for doing just that so again my podcast spotlight of the week is the dislabeled guy podcast now let's get into a short take now i um was a fan of the walking dead i read the comics which led me into the show which i absolutely loved and then they killed carl and there was no point in me watching the show anymore i am still a fan of fear the walking dead i don't watch that as much as i used to but i still kind of keep up to see what's going on with the show suffice to say i like the walking dead I've always liked The Walking Dead, and I did not know that they were doing another TV show. And I was very surprised because the last show, uh, Fear the Walking Dead, The World Beyond, looked like utter trash before they started it. And I'm assuming that it was because they canceled it after two seasons, while the original Walking Dead is on season 11, and they're breaking it up to the three parts. And then Fear the Walking Dead, I believe, is on season 7, if I remember that correctly, 7 or 6. 
So the show definitely still has some legs. So that tells you how lackluster the world beyond was. So I was very surprised when I read today that they are doing another Walking Dead series. But this time they're doing an anthology series called Tales of the Walking Dead. So this is going to be a weekly anthology show featuring stories about new and old characters from the Walking Dead universe. Now that is something that I am going to be excited for because I'm wondering what old characters they're able to bring back and tell stories that we may not have seen or say someone like Tyrone and see what happened to him before he joined up with Rick and his crew. Like things like that. That's what I'm excited for. But the headline that got me was the fact that stars or actors like Parker Posey, who was most recently seen in the Lost in Space reboot on Netflix. And again, if you have not watched that, watch it. It is good sci-fi TV. But also, Terry Crews are going to be, they both are going to be many of the actors that were announced that are going to be part of this new anthology series. Now, Terry Crews is very interesting to me because I don't think I've ever seen him in that sort of horror role i mean the walking dead regardless of it's it's about zombies it's a very dramatic role and i'm not that familiar with his uh imdb and all his list of roles but terry cruz and dramas of any sort don't mesh in my mind it's action or comedy or something sort of in between so i'm very interested to see what sort of story or stories uh, that Terry Crews is in and the character that he plays as well. So I'm actually looking forward uh, to Tales of the Walking Dead when it debuts. Now, what I was reading, it didn't give a timeline for its debut, but I'm assuming it'll be sometime next year based on the way their timelines are going with uh, The Walking Dead and Fear the Walking Dead. So I'm assuming sometime next year, probably spring of next year or summer of next year uh, based on what's going on. But I'm looking forward to that. Next up is the co-highlight of my week, and that is the debut of the full trailer for the Halo television show. Now, I must say, and this is directly specifically to Paramount Plus, you know how to keep someone from canceling their subscription. My subscription to Paramount Plus ends the second week of March, so it gives me just enough time to catch an episode or two of Picard. And I was like, okay, I'm good. I'll wait and maybe come back after Picard's finished and Strange New Worlds drop. But no, you have to come and drop that sweet Halo trailer and tell me that it's coming out on March 24th. Paramount, I hate you. I hate you with a passion, Paramount. But at least you're not like sky high like Netflix is. So I'll give you a pass on that one. Anyway, let me digress to the trailer. It was glorious. As a Halo fan... It was everything my Halo wet dream could have wanted, except it's not following the game beat for beat. It's going along with the call in the new silver timeline. So if you are a Star Trek fan like myself, you know that the J.J. Abrams films and the universe that was created from that are called the Kelvin Timeline. And then you have the television shows, which are, you know, TOS, Next Generation, Discovery, 
all of those are in the prime timeline. So you have two different timelines so creators can play with. So with this one, there are elements that they're changing to the to the story, but still keeping a lot of the main sort of events happening uh, that happened in the game. But they are changing these elements and creating this new timeline to make sure that the TV is TV show is its own entity. On one hand, I'm like, okay, that's good. I can understand that. You want to make sure it's something on its own. Also, uh, the story of Halo may not be, may have all, check all the boxes to pull in a wide demographic. I get you. I understand. On the flip side of that, on the other hand, on my right hand, I'm like, I want to see a beat for beat retelling of Halo. There is so much there and there's so many stories that have already been established in that world that can be incorporated into a television show. I don't understand why you need to make changes. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what I don't get. I'm not saying the show is going to be bad, but looking at the trailer, if you're someone who's played all of the mainline and ODST Halo games, you have a sense of the Halo story from the first Halo ring up until Halo Infinite. So to see some of the events in this trailer, I'm like, when did that happen? Who is that person? It's kind of off-putting for a, a super fan. I'm not a super fan, but for a fan of the series. But I'm very curious to see how they do things. But at least they got Jen Taylor as Cortana. And Jen Taylor is the voice of Cortana in the games. And on Microsoft's unfortunately ill-fated uh, Windows Phone effort, which I still love to this day. So she's actually playing Cortana, which I think is great. And Pablo Shriver, uh, who's on The Wire, who was in a lot of shows uh, more recently that comes to my mind. He was in Orange is New Black, where he played uh, Pornstash. He is Master Chief. Now, he's not the voice of Master Chief in the games, but he does a very admirable, serviceable, damn say, dare say, good job of having that sort of gravitas in his voice in the trailer so and he's a good actor as well so i'm very much looking forward to the show uh based on him being master chief alone I, I really have a lot of faith that he will be able to carry that role and they must never ever take his helmet off this is not the mandalorian master chief never takes a helmet off and if he does you never see his face that's all i'm saying and the last short take is Netflix released the full trailer for the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. And let me tell you, this one is good too. This is, if you are a horror fan, if you are a blood and gore fan, the trailer is definitely Red Band. Uh, there are at least three or four kills right, <laughs> right in the trailer. Chainsaws, hatchets, it's... I love the pacing of the trailer as well, and it for me it gives a good sense of what the movie is going to be about. I think it could be a very big mis uh, misdirection, but we shall see when it comes out sometime this month. But it looks like they're taking a Halloween 2018 approach to this movie, and what I mean by that is the title character or sally not title character sally who is a survivor of the very first movie is a woman much like um jamie Curtis's character in the new halloween movies where she has been waiting for the reappearance of leatherface she is waiting and ready to put him 
out of his misery to cleanse that mistake of her not ending us 50 years ago so i am interested in seeing that unfortunately it's not the original actress who played sally because I, I thought that would have been cool she actually passed away a couple years ago which was very sad when i was looking that up on imdb but she did before this movie she was a part of subsequent texas chainsaw massacre remakes and reboots that have come out over the years so I, i'm glad they always gave her work in that regard but i'm really interested in this i, I like the social media aspect to kind of play up in there the sort of millennials being aloof and just man that bus scene looks like it's going to be bananas so I am definitely looking forward to Texas Chainsaw Massacre when it drops on Netflix. And I believe it drops on the 18th of February. So that's it for this segment. We're going to take a break and come back and talk some wrestling as I give my thoughts on the Royal Rumble. Now, if you listen to this podcast in any kind of frequency, you know that I am an avid wrestling fan. Now, this past week, WWE held the Royal Rumble. The Royal Rumble, along with WrestleMania, are the two WWE pay-per-views that I look forward to every single year. And this year with the Royal Rumble, it seemed like an event that was actually going to be very, very good match between Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar was a match that we've all been waiting for for almost damn near two, 20 years now. Now that I think about it, it's been a while. And that while it wasn't the match that we probably wanted, it fit into the storyline that had been ongoing with Brock Lesnar. I enjoyed the match. I think both of them are good showing and it told a good story on both men's accounts. After that, the pay-per-view went downhill. The match between Becky Lynch and Dewdrop was, I really went to sleep almost during that match. And this match came after the Women's Battle Royal, which started off really good with Sasha Banks coming in with her Sailor Moon getup and Melina coming in at number two. And Melina's fine. That's all I got to say about that. Overall, the match was pretty good until they brought out Ronda Rousey. I don't dislike Ronda Rousey in WWE. I hate the way they build stories around her. And in this case, if I remember this last three, I know the last three were Ronda, Shayna Baszler, and I forget the last person. Charlotte. That's right. Charlotte Flair. Say what you will. I dislike Charlotte Flair. I will not knock her as being a good wrestler. I will not deny her what she's done to ring. I just don't like her as a character. I don't know why. It's something about Charlotte that rubs me the wrong way. Even more so why I can never ever believe her if she ever turns face again because she is made to be a heel like her daddy. Anyway, in my mind, as someone who has watched wrestling all my life, I thought, hey, it would be really good if you have those are the last three. Shayna hasn't had a big push in a while. Shayna and... Ronda Rousey had the whole history of the four horsewomen of MMA. Great. You have that. They eliminate Charlotte. And then you have those two left. And then you have Shayna eliminate Ronda. And then you set her up for main event at WrestleMania. No. 
Of course, the minute Ronda came out, everyone knew she was going to win. They could not let her lose the Royal Rumble. And now, with that, you would think, okay, she's only ever lost to Becky Lynch. She's going to challenge Becky Lynch for the title. No, she's probably going to challenge Charlotte, which even sucks even more. So we don't know what's going with that storytelling. That really sucks. Uh, I don't even remember the other matches on the cards. Uh, yeah, I really don't remember except for the men's Royal Rumble, and that was an absolute CF. And then they brought in Brock Lesnar, and they brought in Brock Lesnar, and we all knew he was going to win because he came in at number 30, so he gets a shot. The title, of course, he's challenging Roman Reigns. There was no need to have him win the title to continue a feud with Roman Reigns to set up a match for WrestleMania. That was so neat. Oh, man. Overall, the pay-per-view sucked like really uh, no pun intended it was probably my least favorite ww pay-per-view they put on in a while and that's including the crown jewels it was that lackluster it was it was lazy booking except for the first match oh no i'm sorry the roman reigns seth rollins match was pretty good as well i don't like to finish but the finish was part of the story so i can forgive that those two matches were good. So those two men's championship matches were were good. They weren't great. They were good, but they served to tell a story and to service in further storylines that they've been going doing for a while now. Say what you will. There are sometimes WWE has been able to do long-term storylines well. In the case of the Roman Reigns one, they've done a very good job. Even with Bobby Lashley and his character and Brock, they've done very good jobs telling using long-term storytelling with those three men. So I will definitely give them that. So those matches were clearly, the, in my opinion, the best matches of the night. I was sad for Becky Lynch and Dewdrop because I was, that put me to sleep. It was such a boring match, and it's so sad because both of those women are really great competitors. And I remember Dewdrop when she was Viper back in the WCPW days and watching them on YouTube and seeing what sort of potential she had. And even as she was going under Piper Niven in WWE, excuse me, NXT UK, to see what she's done on the main roster and especially in this match and how she's been booked. And how they laid this match out. It was, it was disappointing. Because I think both women. Under different circumstances. Really could have put on a hell of a match. So that is my take on. The WWE Royal Rumble for 2022. Um, at the time of this recording. There's been some fallout. I am hoping that they get some things in gear. As they lead up to Wrestlemania. Because if this is how they're booking their. Uh, Crown Jewel pay-per-views then that makes me really really worried about wrestlemania now i was scrolling through tubi the other day and there was a television show that they now have on tubi and mind you these hidden gem segments are not a plug for tubi i just think tubi has 
really become a great place for finding old to old ish television shows and movies and things that other streaming networks just don't have and in this case i am going to be talking about the 2013 television show almost human which aired on fox and this is a show i watched every single week when it came on back in 2013 and it stars or starred michael ely and carl urban and the basic premise is it's a buddy cop show drama uh where one cop is a human carl urban one cop's an android michael ely and you have those two and ely's not ely but urban's is rough and gruff cop and then you have michael ely's cyber characters as you can imagine it's very by the book very strict it made for an interesting uh pairing between the two and it was a very good show and the problem with the show is it suffered because fox screwed up it was if i remember correctly i feel like it was on friday nights so it was already in time slot from hell but Fox started messing with the airing of the episodes and showed episodes out of order. And when they're telling a story and having key parts of the story laid out in each in each episode, it makes it hard to follow because you're like, wait a minute, how did this happen? Where does and it you get as a viewer you get lost and get thrown out of it. And you start to lose interest. And I didn't lose interest in the show. But it just became very confusing because they pulled some episodes out of order. And I also believe they didn't show an episode or two. And that's one of the reasons why I'm recommending this. I believe all of the episodes are there on Tubi in order. And it was also produced by J.J. Abrams. So this is at the height of J.J. Abrams. Uh, right after he'd done Star Trek movies. Right, This is after Super 8. This is when he was the golden boy of sci-fi Hollywood where everything he touched was a hit and he was on television again doing the show and the show was really good I blame a lot of the failure of the show on the network because the show unto itself was a really high quality show so I suggest download Tubi and watch Almost Human it is it doesn't break anything, doesn't do anything new for that sort of genre. But if you're into sci-fi, sort of futuristic cop shows, this is definitely a show that you should watch. If you like Carl Urban, watch the show. If you like Michael Ely, watch the show. And I think Mika Kelly's in the show too. Uh, there are a lot of people. Oh, John Larroquette is in the show on, in several episodes. John Larroquette from the... Uh, from Night Court and amongst many other shows, a long John Larroquette show as well. And I that was one of the first times that I saw him in a dramatic role because I was always used to seeing him in comedies or comedic roles. So I thought the show overall was pretty good when I watched it then. It's still pretty good now and is good enough that I will definitely call it a hidden gem and recommend it to you, the listener, to check out. I think that you will be pleasantly surprised, especially if you are not familiar with the show. And now it's time for the fragrance of the week. This week's fragrance is Cuba Blue by Fraglux. In this one, you're going to find notes of papaya, pineapple, jasmine, green tea, and ember. Now, I have enjoyed many of the Cuba fragrances, particularly Cuba Gold over the years, but one of the things I've never liked is that many of them come on 
very synthetically. They have a very synthetic smell to them when you spray them with that initial spray. I don't find this to be the case with Cuba Blue. It goes on very smooth. That synthetic harshness isn't there, at least for me, when you first spray Cuba Blue. Now with that, it shockingly reminds me of Tokyo Blue by Chris Collins. Now mind you, the notes for these two fragrances are totally different and Tokyo Blue smells a whole lot better and is just a better performing fragrance uh, both projection and longevity compared to Cuba Blue and I'll get to those in a minute but I was very shocked as the day went on as it started to fade I really got a familiar scent and I couldn't figure out what it smelled like and then I'm like oh Tokyo Blue from Chris Collins and then I was like I can't believe that something that literally costs five dollars for 35 ml can it have any sort of quality similarities to something that is 200 and I believe 25 dollars for a bottle of Chris Collins Tokyo Blue now mind you as I said before Tokyo Blue is a far superior fragrance but for five dollars to have something that smells this good was really surprising and to smell uh, similar to a very niche and high quality fragrance it was very shocking uh, but i wasn't shocked at the fact that the projection is horrible and the longevity is horrible as well so you're not going to get a lot of projection and this is one with the Cuba scents, I am not a fan or recommend over spraying because they're very synthetic. You can choke people out and choke yourself out with these fragrances. Cuba Blue, even though it goes on smooth, I would not recommend taking a shower in this fragrance any way, shape, or form. Now, with that said, the projection isn't great. It smells good, but it only lasts, at least on my skin, three to me two to three hours maybe four in certain parts of my body like up along my clavicle it lasted a lot longer than on my pulse points i think maybe my clavicle because it was on maybe my undershirt or shirt or something like that from rubbing against my skin during those first few hours but overall it is not a long lasting fragrance it is not a um, heavy projecting fragrance but it is a fragrance that's at its cheapest is five bucks as is most expensive you're probably paying about nine uh, nine is still worth it's still worth it at nine dollars i think personally if you're looking for a cuba fragrance to dip your toe into this is going to be a really good one to try out uh cuba gold is good but since you don't have that burst of synthetic um feeling smell when you first spray this one i would say this is a good one to try out and that is my fragrance of the week cuba blue by frag Lux. and this has been another episode of the sartorial and geek podcast by webster style where of course we talk about bow ties comic books and everything in between i have been your host webster style feel free to find us on the web at first and foremost websterstyle.com Find us on Twitter at Webster Style. Find us on Instagram at Webster Style or Sartorio and Geek. And feel free to drop us an email at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. Thank you again for joining us. Thank you for letting me here. 
And remember, stay safe out there and be blessed. I mean, I can change. I thought, never mind, forget it. I'm a Jenny Jenny Miffinny Muffin if any key when it comes to the killing spree, aka that's an ensemble. Are you the enemy if you're not defending the presence of Millie in the vicinity without a bow tie? Okay, I might have went over the edge. Besides, I really let them clothes on them legs and thighs. Need to get strong, we can lift them to the sky. The party starts at 12. We got a little time, time, time to get it on. And on fact, I'm the type of pussy on. And after that, take a picture with the I'm choosing what we own. No, it was Tree Green Tuesday. Had to be Bowtie Thursday. Had to be. White Wednesday? Uh, I don't Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't wear. Oh, I miss Million, them heels killing them. But I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bowtie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp. Hey, acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game. Oh, it's killing. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match the very corset. Get the very